0: The reading this morning is, of course, the account of the visit of the Magi. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Good morning. Happy New Year. It's good to see you. For those of you who are visiting today or haven't, uh, or are new to uh, Emmanuel Church, my name's Paul. I'm one of the ministers at the church, it's good to see you this morning. Uh, so, Christmas is now gone. Sorry. We're at epiphany today. Do you know what epiphany means? It's quite, you still get it in the language. Say, oh, I've had an epiphany. Means. What do you think it means? Anyone? Kids? Any idea? You say, oh, I've had an epiphany. Well, yeah, you're right. That's, a, that's the right answer. Well done, Bethia. Why don't you whisper it to your children and they can get the reward? A revelation. Yeah, something's been revealed to you. He's like, oh, it's a bit of a eureka moment. Like, oh, I get something now. Uh, And I think epiphany is one of those times when we look at uh, expectations, managing expectations and broken expectations. Things that didn't quite live up to uh, the to what you were expecting. Now, you may have experienced that over Christmas. You may have been hoping for something from Santa and got something else. And so we all manage that. I think to some extent Christmas is a great time about not managing expectations because I think we're sold an expectation through the media of what Christmas Day will look like. And let's be honest, whose Christmas Day ever looks like that? Perfect. Everything just absolutely perfect. Every every piece of food arriving perfectly cooked, exactly at the same time. Uh, with a table with a, you know twenty people sitting around a table, all beautifully turned out. Uh, it, well, that's not my. That's never been my reality. But I mean, partly because our even if we had twenty people, we couldn't. We don't have a big enough oven. To get the food all turned out at exactly the right amount of time. I I just think Christmas is a time of expectation. And I think when it comes to expectations, managing expectations, broken dreams, nothing says that than revels and break... So I thought we will have a game this morning. Well, and I need some volunteers to play this game, and I need so anywhere between 10 to 15 people. The only uh, exception that you can't, if you're diabetic, please do not volunteer from this. But otherwise, anyone can volunteer. I, I mean, It'd be good to have some young and old. Uh, there's no, no, they removed those from them. Uh, there aren't any. Well, if you've got your hand up, come out. Uh, I'm having a quick guess. There's probably enough for 15. Any adults want to play? It's a risk, I know. So I don't know if you've ever eaten revels before. It's only kids. Come on, adults. Monica? Do you know... Oh, look, I've, I've torn it where it says tear, and it's not opened. There we are, that's better. So in a packet of revels, Grown up and kill. Oh, Martin's coming out. Great. Now give him one big long line there so we can come and see. When you have in rebels, uh, there are six different types of revels. Does anyone know what they are? Anyone give me any of the revels? Yeah. Someone. Sh- toffee. toffee. Orange. Malteser. Orange. Well, that's toffee. Yeah. Coffee, yeah, the dreaded coffee. (laughs) And I like coffee, but coffee-flavoured sweets are just wrong. Uh, There's two more. No, coconuts removed. No, peanut was removed. No, three more. Peanuts were removed, and and a few years ago, I know this because I Googled it. Peanuts are removed and replaced with raisins. So we've got toffee, coffee orange, raisin, two more, Malteser. milk chocolate or galaxy, one more, no, Malteser, well done, yeah, Serena, Malteser, so you've got, when you, you coffee, toffee, orange, Malteser, galaxy chocolate, raisin, no, mint's, mints not there, they don't have mint, uh, anyway, there's uh, what, what, out of all of those, what would you. Can I have this, Steve? Can you put this one on, Uh Lena, out of all of those, what would you really like? Uh, Maltesers. You would like a Malteser. Is there any of those that you wouldn't really like? Coffee. Coffee, yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. Um, what would you really like, Joshy? Galaxy chocolate. You would like the Galaxy? Anyone you don't really want? Um, raisins. Raisins. <laughs> I don't mind. You like all of them? Yeah. Well, you're, you're rubbish at playing this game, then. Um, well, any except from the coffee. You, oh, okay, what would you really like? Toffee. And what would you not want? There's three. Um,
0: oh, okay. Coffee,
1: <laughs> raisins, and the orange. Yeah, one. I don't like the orange either. Um, what would you really like? I have no idea. Okay. Any of them you don't want? I haven't tried coffee, so... You I haven't know. tried the coffee? No. Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> So I like coffee, actually. You do. So I'll get lots. And you won't get lots because they've all eaten them. <laughs> so if they get them, you'll be getting what comes out of their mouth. So that's probably not a great idea. And I, I don't like Malteser. You don't like. I'm gluten. I'm gluten free. Celiac. <laughs> so yeah, that's fine. Okay. So you're going to kill one of <laughs> If yeah. If you bite into it in Malteser, uh, Paul, can you get an empty cup from the back, and we'll use that as like a spittoon thing? <laughs> I like Maltesers. You like Maltesers. What don't you want? Orange. Orange, a Malteser or minced galaxy. And I hate orange and chocolate. Oh, you hate orange and chocolate together. Yeah. Okay. I was worried you were going to say there was horseradish in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, any of them, but not so keen on raisins. Wow.
0: I'll go for the raisins, but um, prefer- what do I not want? Um, oh, coffee.
1: Yeah, I can't stand a coffee one. It's just horrible. The, so is the orange one isn't very nice either. So here we go. Lucky dip. Put your hand in. Pick one out. Don't eat it yet. It's round. That's a good sign. It could be a Malteser. Usually, if they're a really weird shape, it's probably a raisin. <laughs> uh, and if it's like a flying saucer, it's probably the galaxy. If it's round, it could be any one of the.
0: <laughs>
1: well, you got It could be. That could be. Is it really light? Well, no, no, you can't. Is it really light? Here, I swap it.
0: Go. Or, or a
1: small one don't usually get small Maltesers. Don't look, that's cheating. <laughs> right, here we go. I'm going to go for this one. And I did look. So I know exactly what this one is. I'll leave that there. I'll take this with me. Right, pop it in your mouth, everyone. Give it chew. Look at the faces. Right, what do we think you got? Malteser. You got Malteser, well done. Malteser. Malteser. I got an orange. Oh, I actually don't know. What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> Try another one and take a little bit longer in s- tasting it. Don't just swear. Malteser. Malteser. Coffee. Ah! Did you want to spit it out? No. Yeah. <laughs> Yum. What what flavour was it? Uh, Malteser. Malteser. Coffee. Yummy. Coffee. Orange. Orange. Did you like the orange? No. Galaxy chocolate. Oh, well done. Malteser. 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 Orange. Orange. You didn't didn't want the... Oh, no. See, Rebels is one of those, are you going to get what you hope for, or are you not? And I did. Well done. Thank you very much. Uh, At the end, come and see me, and you can share these out. You can play it all over again. At the end. Uh, Monica, can you take that and just stick that in the bin as you go to the back? Thank you. Well, some of you got what you were hoping for, some of you uh, were bitterly disappointed and that's one of the reasons why I, I, never, I never buy Rebels uh, to eat at all because out of all the flavours I don't like two of them and, and it seems to me that they're naturally attracted to me, the two that I don't like and so I don't buy them because I don't want uh, to be, have my disappointment of eating chocolate, which should be a nice experience to find it's ruined with orange or coffee. So, disappointments, expectations, managing them. Uh, and, and in particular, uh, when it comes to today, we're looking at the, the revealed person of God, Jesus, the epiphany, God revealed to humanity. And there's Three different people here that we're going to look at the expectations of what they were thinking when they came to Jesus, and the reality, and then what we can learn from that as a church about how we represent Jesus or represent Jesus to a world because actually, our world has some expectations of who Jesus is, what his character is like, and quite often that is at odds to what he really is like and who he really is and as a church our job is to represent him or to represent him to a nation. So let's look. First of all, the Magi, uh, they'd come from the East. We know that. We don't really know where they had come from, but they seem to know something about Jewish culture, the Jewish uh, prophecies. So it's been surmised that perhaps when the Jews were in exile in Assyria and Babylon, uh, the cultures were, assu- uh, were, uh, were studied by their scholars, the Jewish culture and history and, and, and scriptures were studied. And that's maybe why these people from the east had some understanding of Jewish culture because they studied it. We don't know. It's a guess. But anyway, they'd come. But their expectations are clearly seen when they ex- they're looking for a king seen by the following a star. Where do they go? Where are you expecting to find a king? They go straight to the palace because that's where you find princes. Royal princes are always found in palaces, aren't they? They're not found anywhere else. And so they went, to the, they went to the palace. They were obviously looking for a very classic model of a king. They were looking for palaces and robes and crowns. The reality of the situation, though, is that they found him in a small house with swaddling clothes, clothes no posh robes. And no crown at this time, and the only crown he does wear in his life, in his earthly life, is a crown of thorns that's put on his head. Very different to the expectation of the Magi. But interestingly, the Magi's response is one of overcoming the expectations that they had. And it led to worship. So they were prepared to move from their understanding to the reality and come to a place of worship. So they had certain expectations; they weren't managed, uh, they weren't delivered. But they, on presenting the real Jesus, they worshipped and they brought uh, prophetically some gifts for him: uh, of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, speaking of the life of this child the second person herod now we looked at herod a little bit last week we know that he on the whole was not a nice king he had some power issues he had certainly had uh, some uh, vulnerabilities in his character in that he was constantly uh, constantly looking out for anyone that was going to try and undermine his authority usurp his position in the society and so his expectation when someone came, comes and says, we've come to worship the king, he's the newborn king, his reaction is, what newborn king? There's someone who's threatening my position, someone who's threatening my lifestyle, uh, who is now a challenge to me. And I have to remove that because I need to forcibly remove this thing threat to the way, my way of life. And I think in society there is a perception that Jesus is a threat to our way of life and therefore our response to that or as a society is to ignore him or, or to, uh, to dismantle Jesus in a way that he is no longer a threat. And so Herod did exactly that. I'm going to dismantle Jesus so he's no longer a threat. How are we going to do that? I'm going to have all the babies killed. So, But the reality was this king had not come to challenge Herod's authority He'd not come to challenge Herod's crown because he was not looking for the crown of Israel. He already had a crown and his kingdom was beyond an earthly kingdom. He hadn't come to challenge and to usurp Herod. He'd actually come to save Herod. He'd come as a gift to redeem Herod. A very different king. That was the reality. A king who ha- wasn't coming with, uh, as, as a conquering king, wasn't coming with, with earthly, uh, the sort of earthly power and authority that Herod had. He came as a, as a king with heavenly authority and heavenly power, with her- heavenly characteristics. Not one like Herod, who was brutal, who was harsh, who ruled with a rod of iron, who removed any threats, but a king who came with kindness and compassion and love. That was the reality. And the third group of people, we don't necessarily see in this story as much. We don't see it really at all, but are there. Are the people that were expecting a Davidic king to come in the line of David and to be the conquering king that David was. As um, Jules spoke about just before the Sunday before Christmas, the genealogy that Matthew tells uh, from David, King David in the Bible, through to Jesus, they're sort of saying that Jesus is from the line of David. The Jews are thinking great a Davidic king. Why are they thinking that? Because they're currently being ruled by Rome. And David was the huge conquering king that expanded the kingdom of Israel to be this huge land with complete sovereignty where it ruled itself as a, with a king in the palace and the priests in the temple and they ruled the land together. And they wanted that back. They wanted shot of Roman occupation. They, they, they'd, they wanted rid of those people that governed them from Rome and they wanted the right to rule themselves. And they thought greater Davidic king is being born. No more Romans. They were expecting the conquering king, the one who would come to evict the Roman occupation, return sovereignty to the people of Israel. The reality was different. Yes, Jesus was the Davidic king. He was from the line of David, but he would rule his kingdom with different rules. His kingdom would be different, he would have different sets of values. He wasn't, he hadn't come actually to set the Jewish people free, he'd come to set the world free. His kingdom was beyond boundary. The boundaries of Israel it was his kingdom was everything and he hadn't come just to set the Jewish people free from Rome he'd come to set the Jewish people free and the Gentiles free from the things that really bound them Not earthly rules, not earthly occupations, but actually their relationship with God, the broken relationship, that's what he'd come to set people free from, the consequences of that. So Jesus throughout his life was managing expectations and we see this through his teaching constantly in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Jesus is managing people's expectations of who they think he is and how he should respond. The Pharisees were constantly attacking him because he wasn't behaving in a way that a Pharisee should. Should a, a, a good Jewish boy? He was doing things that upset the the rule of how he, uh, they behaved, and he was challenging that and said, "No, that I, I'm dealing with your expectations." And he was dealing with expectations all the way through his life, and, and presenting himself in a way that said, "This is what the kingdom of God looks like." If you want to know what the kingdom looks like, look at me, the king. See, so he was representing. God, the Father, to the nation of Israel and to the Gentiles that were were there. Jesus said, if you want to know what the Father is like, look at me. Said if you want to know what the Father of God is really like look at the, look at me, look at the way I behave, look at the way I, I act, look at what I do, look at my character, everything about me represents the Father in human form. the son represents the Father completely, and he was constantly dealing with expectations of who people thought he was, how he should behave, and he was overturning them constantly throughout his life. An epiphany is a reminder today, the the epiphany, that actually the church's job is to represent Jesus to a nation. And many of uh, the people in our nation have expectations of Jesus. Some of them see Jesus as a set of rules who is constantly standing against their way of life. Who would say, you cannot behave like that. You shouldn't do that. Just a constant set of rules. But we don't see that in the, in the Gospels. That's not the Jesus that we see in the New Testament. Yeah, Jesus stood against all of the things that were wrong. But he never stood in judgment. He always stood with kindness, compassion and forgiveness and the church needs to learn that he never wavered from the truth once but he always dealt the truth and and delivered the truth with kindness compassion and forgiveness you know best seen with a woman caught in adultery what this woman who should have been stoned Uh, And the only person who was in the group that was rightfully able to deliver judgment on her her, said, go away and don't do it again. Don't do it again. You know, he was always, always delivered that killer punchline. Don't go away. You're forgiven, but do better next time. You know, he never, he never just said, you were wrong. He always said, I forgive you, I love you, now try harder next time. Do better, don't do it anymore. There was always forgiveness. We also, in our society, are presented with the Jesus, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. You know, the, the sort of lovely image of blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus who just sort of floats around ethereally and, and challenges no one. Well, we don't see that in the Bible either. Jesus was far from uh, uh, the sort of gentle Jesus, meek and mild. He stood up. No, he was certainly not the doormat that, they, that people portray him. And actually, the church needs to stop being a doormat to society as well. And starts to stand its ground and say, no, I'm not, this is not true. Jesus was the prophetic voice of God to a nation. That was the revealed heart of God. The prophetic voice to a nation was not the not the gentle Jesus, meek and mild. The, the, he was the, uh, the the God who said, "This is wrong. Now stop it." Always done with love, kindness, compassion, and forgiveness, but delivered nonetheless words of truth were always always delivered but tempered with compassion kindness and forgiveness and love uh, and I don't know if you've uh, if you have managed to push on through and get through the whole Bible in the year last year or if you started it again this year but Nicky Gumbel is one of these constantly talking about uh, you know love uh, sorry truth uh, is nothing is harsh without love and love is weak without truth, and you need both. You need the prophetic voice of of truth, and you need the evangelistic voice of compassion and love. And you need them together. So, a, I want to challenge us at the beginning of this new year. This is the challenge for us as a church as we look at the new year. The first of all is, look, we all come to Jesus. We don't, whether you like him or not, you have expectations of Jesus. You have an understanding of Jesus. We all do, Uh, whether you know him well or you don't know him very well at all. You have some understanding of Jesus. As soon as I talk about him, your understanding of him uh, kicks in in your head. Jesus is the revealed person of God. You know, God is revealing himself in the person of Jesus. But God is also mystery. God is a mystery. He cannot be fully understood. And there are certain things about him we will never understand on this earth. And there are certain things that exist within that mystery that he says, I want to reveal to you if you spend time searching it out. The more you spend searching me out, getting to know me, the more I will reveal myself to you. So part of the challenge of us as a church at the beginning of the year is to pursue the things of Jesus to get to know him better so that we can represent him better to the world. He is the revealed God and and he reveals himself now through the church and that is you and it is me. That's how he is revealing himself now to the nation is through us. And so if we want to re- reveal him to the nation, we need to know him. And so we need to spend time getting to know him. So look, we're only on day five of the year. And if you want to, why not join with me again this year in going through the Bible in a year? If You want to know what he's like? He's revealed in the words the living word is found in the written word. That's where you find him. Get to know him. Spend time with, it, with more other Christians in our life groups. If you're not in a life group and you want to be in a life group, come and speak to myself afterwards or go and speak to Paul, who's the guy who is leading the worship, and, and we will... Uh, do our best to try and find a life group that matches your needs and requirements. Spend time with other Christians, getting to know him better. There are plenty of ways that you can do that. We, we've got a fantastic set of uh, new books over on our bookstall. You know, maybe a, a commitment for this new year is I'm going to read more because reading is good. You know, Mark, I've told you this before, I'm going to tell you it again at the beginning of the year. Mark Batterson, an American pastor, said there's about, on average, about two years of an author's life invested in a book so when you read it you get about two years worth of their thought process on average you know some of them are a lot longer some of them are a lot shorter but on average about two years worth of invested thought and thinking so on reading a book if it only takes say two weeks to read in two weeks you've invested two years of investment in your life you've taken on someone else's thoughts that they were thinking over to it's cheating sometimes cheating is good that's a good thing. So go, there's some fantastic books over all on different areas of subjects. In doing that, you get to know him better. And then the more we get to know him, we can represent him better. And maybe a challenge for you in your life, your work, your friendships this year is you commit to being the light that Jesus calls you to be in your workplace your home, perhaps, your community, your little circle of friends, your neighbors, and saying, well, look, I'm going to commit at the beginning of the year to represent Jesus in a real way to the people that I have influence over. Because what we see with the epiphany is, with with the Magi in particular, we see people coming with an expectation. They're Presented the reality, and the the result is worship. Expectations that were wrong, the reality they understood, and then they worshipped. And that's the journey we take people on as a church. That's what Jesus calls us to do to meet people where they are with their expectations, to tell them the truth, to reveal the truth of Jesus. And to draw them into a place where they finally come and worship. That's what we're called to. So as an act of commitment, if you want to. I think firstly, let's just. Just say at the end of the service, there will be an opportunity. If, you've, if you're dealing with disappointment, in particular disappointments of broken expectations with God, God can deal with that. His shoulders are broad. He already knows anyway. It's not as if you're, it's going to be a shock to him when you tell him. He's more than aware anyway. But go and get prayer for that at the end. Because actually God, need, God wants to sort that out wants to put that thing right with you and him needs to get that done so if that's you it's going to be prayer ministry over by this Christmas tree at the end of the service and there'll be people there who are who are trained and who will pray alongside you okay but if at the beginning of the year that you want to commit I'm just going to commit before God and those people around me that I I'm going to represent Jesus in a a true and a healthy way to the best of my knowledge, the best of my understanding, the best of my capacity and capability to the people around me at my home, my community, my workplace, my friends and my family. Why don't you stand now? And you might have stood and you may be standing there and thinking, well, it's all right, Lord. This is one of those uh, things like a New Year's resolution. I'll do it now, but very soon I forget. Because that's just my character. Well, A, God knows you better than you know yourself. God has only ever dealt with humans. And he's quite good at it. The 12 disciples were probably a bigger bunch of misfits than we have in this room. And yet he chose them specifically. And so I'm fairly sure he can work through you. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do is if you've made a commitment the Holy Spirit will a give you the power to come through on it, but he'll also give you the gentle reminders because he wants to hold you to account to some things. So didn't you didn't you promise this? Can we can we work on this together? So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to come and to fill us a fresh. We thank you that you you you, you are in us that you dwell with us but we pray for a a fresh release of your power this morning we pray Lord for the commitment that people have made this morning you seal that you do you seal up that deal in our hearts because Lord we know that the enemy comes to seek to, to 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 destroy and to kill and to steal from us to steal our happiness, to steal our joy. And the enemy will want to steal this commitment from us so that he uh, he disables the church. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would by the spirit come and seal that deal in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we give you authority to remind us through this year that we have committed to represent, to represent Jesus to a nation, to present him in a, true way to the best of our abilities and beyond when we partner with you. So come Holy Spirit, fill us afresh now we pray. Do the business in our hearts. I just while we were praying, I felt that the Lord was saying that there you know, were be some people here that thought, well, it's all right, I've stood, I've done this so many times now, and every time I've not lived up to it. And the Lord says, I know, I forgive you, it's dealt with, we move forward. I don't look back, just looking forward. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take your seats? I know Lou's got some uh, notices for us before we finish our service. Do you want me to do them? Is that You're looking at me? Uh, notices before we finish. Uh, there will be tea and coffee at the back. Please do stay. It would be great to share in some fellowship. If you're... Uh, Part If you're fairly new to Emanuel Church and you've not been coming for a long time, you don't receive our newsletters and you would like to, can you come and speak to myself, Paul again, the guy leading the worship, or to Jill and Richard, who are just waving now, and they will add you to the newsletter distribution list, so you'll get that electronically. Please do look at the bookstores. If you want anything, you can either pay in cash, or if you need to pay in credit card, then I can take card payments as well. Uh, which yeah so you can pay that way Uh, and and finally next Saturday at 2 p.m. some of us a long 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 time ago had booked to go and see Buddy at Southampton the Mayflower Theatre in uh, Southampton we have three tickets available if uh, that have been paid for but the people cannot go to if you would like to go to that and uh, are free. So it's two o'clock at Southampton. It may be that you need a lift there. That's not a problem. We can sort lifts out. Can you come and speak to uh, myself at the end of the service, please? We have three tickets that are available to people if you want to go and see Buddy the Musical at Southampton Mayflower Theatre next Saturday. Uh, and it should, you sh- it should be finished by two, two, 430 5 o'clock-ish, so back to Chichester by 6, I imagine something like that. So if that, if, that's sort of a very, if that means you can come, come and see me afterwards. We would love for you to come with us. There's quite a decent group from Emmanuel going as a bit of a social. Come and see me afterwards uh, and we will put you on the list. Is that it? Is that what's notices, Lou? Brilliant. Uh, let's close with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord turn his face towards you, be gracious to you and give you his peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen. So go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Tea and coffee, prayer ministry. Thank you for coming.